you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. And now, move the sticks. The 10 Takeaways Podcast with Daniel Jeremiah, Bucky Brooks, and the pride of Indiana University, the former holder for extra point and field goal attempts, Red Lewis. Oh, you know, what you guys failed to mention there was the all Big Ten designation as the placeholder, okay? As, as a holder. Look at, oh, that. Look at that. Look at that four. Video evidence here. That's Look at great. That. That's beautiful. I That's like you wearing the Johnny Unitas cleats as well. Wow, Rich, let's get those laces out there, Rich, huh, bud? What well, just let me set it down first. See, now that's more like it okay. right there. Okay, that's nice. senior year. Wow, that's a lot. You know what I mean? I'm seeing a lot of the arms there. By the way, it was a lot of that, yeah. But look at that. That's what Look at this. Look at the blatant pass interference this by Bernard Pollard. Look at that. Look at the bl- look at him. Is that Bernard Pollard? That is, you don't come. That's bone crusher, yeah. You don't come down with this, do you? Well, no, because he's interfering. He's about to... Is that- He's interfering with me. Clearly, the ball has not arrived yet. We've is had that this. Jerry Donardo in the background with the uh, no, with the no, no, shirt on or no, no. It's uh, Terry Hepner. Uh, God rest him. Uh, back there. Um, and that's let's see. It's a Billy Lynch, part of the uh, Lynch coaching family. Um, this is jumping way, up this and down is there. Way too much information about I'm the Indiana looking. football program right now. Well, you, you know what? Um, we you didn't catch the ball is what we're getting to. And uh, we didn't win this week either, but we came really close. Yeah, it's a tough one. Just like I did. So That's thanks nice. for that, guys. That was nice. I like that. Glad Very you guys close. found that. There you go. All right, Buck. Buck's going to join us in just a little bit here. He's uh, he's on his way in. So we're going to knock out our takeaways here in just a minute. But a couple news items here off the top, Rhett, uh, as we uh, wrapping up week four of the NFL season. Vontez Perfect, uh, he's done for the year. Helmet to helmet hit. I don't know if there's a, a less surprising story than than him finding his way into trouble with the league for head to head contact. No I mean, that's. No question. John, like John Runyon, uh, I think, yeah, handed that down and uh, it was no surprise in, in seeing that for sure. And then uh, we've got a couple. Of, we might have as many. It's possible we might have 11 quarterbacks start in week five that did not start week one. Based on the injuries that we're seeing. Yeah, Josh who are the Allen new ones? Yeah, we Mitch, have Josh Allen. Mitch Trubisky, depending on what happens with those two, uh, as they did not finish week four yeah. due to injury. So that's unfortunate. Insane. Yeah. Insane. Uh, man, there's a, you know, look, we'll get to our takeaways here in just a second. Just real quick off the top, one of the bigger overall takeaways, man, we've got so many teams sitting at two and two. And yeah. I tweeted out the other night or after the games last night, it feels like the end of the preseason, doesn't it? I mean, September's kind of the new preseason. <laughs> Everybody try and find their sea legs, knock all that rust off. And I feel like, okay, now the season starts. There's three teams in the NFC that have a losing record. Just three of the 16 teams have yeah. a losing record. Yes, yeah, so let's throw it all out the window and let's just start fresh here in yep. week five. What do you say? <laughs> there we go. All right, well, we'll get to our uh, reactions here from week four. Uh, kick off these takeaways. I'll start off first yeah. one here. The Patriots survive. Ron Harmon, the deep safety for the pass. And a third and ten snap to Barkley. Drops back. There's pressure. He's hit. Ball high in the air. It'll be intercepted. Jamie Collins down the left side. First out of bounds. But the interception was forced by Kyle Van Noy, who hit Barkley with the deflection to Collins with 127 to go here in the fourth. There you go, Bob Sochi. Not a surprise. Jeez. When 
<laughs> oh, yeah, he's very fired <laughs> yeah. up. But it's not a surprise to see these competitive division games, especially when you have a defense like the Buffalo Bills, uh, able to really just kind of frustrate Tom Brady all day long, couldn't get anything going, really just outside of dumping the ball off to the backs. That was pretty much all they had. They moved him off his spot. Uh, he never really got comfortable, but they play complimentary football, Rhett. The defense gets out there. They uh, end up forcing four interceptions and, and uh, end up getting a, a non-conventional score. And right. There you go. That's how you win a football game. He, Matthew Slater in his 12th season in the league scored his first career touchdown on Sunday. And he's listed as a wide receiver. Not many wide receivers you can say score their first <laughs> career touchdown in the 12th season, 12th season. But look, that's that's what Patriots football is, man. It's like when the offense is struggling, they find another way to manufacture points. And then their defense has been there for them all year long. I don't think it's any surprise that to us that we saw Josh Allen make some mistakes. That's that's kind of just been his M.O. You know, you'd love to see yeah. him kind of start getting rid of some of those unnecessary turnovers and throws, you know, into coverage, especially on that first pick. Just McCourty was just waiting for that ball. But, you know, the Patriots defense is as advertised. I mean, yeah, they allowed their first uh, offensive touchdown. But, man, this is as good a unit as there is in football right now. Yeah, and you mentioned on, on Josh Allen. I think it's it's interesting because I don't know that – that he would fit in and work with every other team. But I do like the formula the Buffalo Bills have. And we were talking about this off the air. I think if, if Josh Allen somehow stays in that ball game, even after all those turnovers, you just kind of get the feeling he'll he'll make a nice run and he'll hit a big throw. And then somehow they yeah. go down there and, and potentially even win that football game. And you overcome all the mistakes uh, that he has. But just kind of that toughness and grittiness, the way he plays, it, it That's fits what it is, with man. their defensive style. Man. If they can, if he can just find a way to protect the football, he doesn't need to complete 70% of his passes. But if he just protects the football, produce a couple big plays, either with your arm or with your legs, that's, right. a, that's a tough team, man, in Buffalo. He's got that playmaking gene, that, that ability to just get, get yeah. things done, move the, move the sticks, and just and keep drives going and eventually score. It's just, as you mentioned, if we could just cut those turnovers in half at least, then you're going to give your team an opportunity with the way that defense is playing, which is for real. Um, okay, I've got, <laughs> oh boy, I've got to get to our next takeaway here, and it's not pretty uh, for the Washington Redskins, who find themselves in a big-time quarterback conundrum. Haskin takes a shotgun snap. He's back to throw. He's under pressure. He throws it over the middle. Intercepted. He threw it late. Picked off by Peppers. Running down the right side to the 10. Bump. Touchdown, Giants. Jabril Peppers. Haskins was under pressure. The throw was late off the back foot. Peppers ran it all the way. And Jabril Peppers with the pick six. You know, it's funny. We were talking about that on game day live. We we're like, all right, the Redskins forced the turnover, but now they got to give the ball to the rookie quarterback on his own two yard line. How does he work this aspect of situational football? Ends up throwing the pick six. But here's here's the, the thing for me. There's an impeachment of confidence in the nation's capital. And I am not talking about I am not talking about <laughs> politics here. This, this goes from top to bottom in this Redskins organization. There is either a lack of confidence in Jake Gruden and then Jay Gruden and a lack of confidence in his quarterbacks to get this thing done, especially in Dwayne Haskins. So th there's something wrong here, right? You, you get the sense that part of this, this team wants Dwayne Haskins to start and Jay Gruden doesn't feel like he's ready. So somebody's got to make a decision here and say, Jay, this is your team. We believe in you. You're going to be here for this season and beyond. Do what you can to help us win football games. Or you got to say, look, 
we, you know, you either got to make a call on Gruden and say we are going with Haskins. Because I just don't see how they can just continue to float around in this sea of uncertainty with whether, you know, it's going to be Gruden's call to start Keenum or McCoy or whether he's going to be forced to start Haskins. Somebody's got to make a decision here about what they're going to do going forward, DJ. Yeah, there's a lot to unpack in this game, especially focusing on the quarterbacks. And first of all, I do want to say off the top uh, that highlight that you heard. Yeah. Hey, ha- congratulations, Michigan fans. Jabril Peppers <laughs> picking off a uh, Ohio State quarterback and making is. a big play. A couple work. years too late there uh, for that one, but uh, nicely done. Uh, no, to me, when you look at the difference in these quarterbacks, a couple different things. The two major points for me. Uh, number one, I thought you could watch that game and see Daniel Jones is used to functioning in chaos because of where he played in college and who they played against. Dwayne Haskins is used to being a little bit more in a rocking chair back in the pocket, playing with superior players <laughs> yeah. to the people he's playing against at Ohio State. He has to speed up his process, hold the ball too long, taking bad sacks. Uh, guys pop open, not throwing with the anticipation that you want to see from him, waiting for them to separate because at Ohio State, your guys are better than everybody else. So you yeah. can wait. They're going to separate uh, after they get out of their break and you can put it on them. He was just late. He needs to speed up his clock. That's something I think that will come to him uh, the more he plays. Uh, you'll see some improvement there. Daniel Jones is just leaps and bounds ahead of him at, at that part of his game right now. And the other thing, you, you mentioned it, Rhett. The New York Giants... Listen to Pat Shermer's public comments about Daniel Jones throughout the whole process, and even when Eli was named the starter. Glowing praise. And I know maybe Daniel Jones has shown more in the practice field. He probably has in Dwayne Haskins. But at least publicly, and I have a young quarterback, I am going to guard his confidence with my life. And one of the things I can do is I'm going to continue to pump him up. After that ballgame, Instead of going out there and saying, hey, no, nothing's given. You've got to earn your spot if he's going to be the star of this what, football what, team. He what hasn't earned that? it. I do not. That makes no sense to me. In, in, instead, I come out in that situation and say, uh, look, it was a rough one out there today for really the whole offense. It wasn't just Dwayne. It starts with me and our staff. We've got to do a better job calling plays, putting him in a position where he can be successful. You know, we believe in Dwayne. He's, he's, he's got all the ability in the world. It might take a little time, but he's going to get there. He's going to be a great player in this league. Let's all just be patient. Uh, but, you know, it starts with me. I've got to do a better job. Yeah. Instead, just dumping it all on your rookie quarterback, I, this makes no sense to me. So I'm, I'm 100% with you on that, and I, I just – you know, man, it just, we talked about it leading up to this game. We're like, yes, this is probably the time where you want to put Dwayne Haskins in that the giants do not have the best defense in football, right? I get it. You're going on the road, but let's, let's get him ready for this game and have him start. But having him come in in the second quarter on limited reps, knowing that he's not quite as advanced as other rookie quarterbacks, like the one that was playing against him in this game or, or other rookie quarterbacks in general, that was not the place to put him in, right? Where he's in over his head. He didn't have the benefit of a game plan of a full week of preparation. And so, I, you know, I'm like, wow, wait, where are they going with this? It, it, at some point, it's just, it's got to, somebody's got to make a decision. Bucky just rolled in here. And I'm glad you rolled in at a great time, Bucky. Nice. Jump I, in here, I'd Buck. love to get your thought on, on what in the world is going on uh, with the, yeah, with the a, Redskins. I, man, I'm. I'm kind of blown away, and I'm baffled. And I think some of this falls on the coaching staff of the Redskins, and some of it falls on Dwayne Haskins. Um, look, it wasn't an ideal situation to throw him in, yeah. but I didn't feel like Dwayne Haskins looked like he was ready to play. That's he, also he looked fair. like he was overwhelmed by the moment. And I think for some young guys, 
they kind of have to be burned by the fire before they figure out, like, oh, I need to prepare. I need to get ready to play. And he didn't look like he was ready to play. And this kind of goes back to some of the things that we've seen. We've seen the still photos or we've seen the video where people have caught him on the sidelines, and he looks like he's disinterested. Right. He doesn't look like he's engaged. He's not sitting beside the quarterback coach. I think some of this falls on him and maybe a lack of professionalism from him in terms of getting ready. And I know some would say, well, someone in the building should show him how to be a pro. But now I I put that on him. He is in the National Football League. He was drafted to be the franchise quarterback. It's his job to do everything to be ready to be the starter. And I don't believe he has done all of that. Yeah. I mean, it is what it is. It, it, it wasn't it, it wasn't a good performance. And, um, you know, when you look at some of the interceptions, locking on late with the ball, I mentioned that. Had one that wasn't really his fault, a ricochet. I thought Vernon Davis a little late snap his head around. The ball pops up in the air and gets picked. But the other one I wanted to talk about just for a second here is uh, we call them schemed winners. In other words, you, it's a shot play. Right. It's a double move. And so you kind of know that's where you want to go with the football. Well, Again, in college, nine times out of ten, those shot plays, they're scripted. They're going to work, especially you're at Ohio State playing against players aren't as good. They try and dial up a double move on the right side. Janoris Jenkins is a veteran, sniffs it out, stays on top, does not take the cheese. So once you see him stay on top, that is dead. So either you're throwing the ball away to that right side or you're going to try and work back uh, through your progression. And when you look at that, once he pumps to the right, you safe, the free safety – ends up pulling with him, and it leaves the backside seam is just wide open. He's got a shot for a huge play there. So the three options you have there, uh, two of them are fine. You throw the ball away to the right. You know, that's uh, the lesser of two evils. Then you look at the option to, uh, uh, you know, push the ball down the seam for a big play. That's the perfect scenario. The one thing you can't do is try and force that force ball that and end in. up getting interception. So yeah. I think there's a lot to learn here for Dwayne Haskins uh, from this ball game. All right, let's keep this thing moving yep. here. Browns, uh, Baker Mayfield. He bounces back. With Mayfield, shotgun snap. Baker back, looks left, steps up, fires down the middle. Landry caught it. He's over the 20, 25. He's at the 30. He's got a blocker, 35. He's got the middle of the field. He's to the 50. He's stumbling to the 40. He's to the 35, 30. And he's finally down inside the 30-yard line. Jarvis Landry all the way down to the Raven 27-yard line. Tony Jefferson got him. I wanted to run out of the booth and hold him up. Well, what Keith Jackson say? Stumbling, bumbling? <laughs> that was stumbling, bumbling. For 60 yards. <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. A little intense there. I, call, I, I like it. Uh, by the way, Jarvis Landry in that ball game, 124 yards after the catch. Um, so 167 total yards. Career day, by the way. After the catch. Think about yeah. the big play. Oh yeah, and think about the think about the uh, the big play to Odell Beckham we saw on uh, Monday night or on the primetime game, the long run after catch for him I think it was 87 yards as well. So these Brown receivers can really help you out after the catch. But I do want to give Baker credit. We talked about him a lot on here last week, uh, Buck. I know we mentioned you know look drifting in the pocket, not being firm, not getting your feet in the ground. I thought he was much better in this game against the Baltimore Ravens. Wasn't drifting. I thought he was precise. Um, he threw off of a firm platform. And what do you know, miraculously, the ball placement improves. He was much better. And in talking with some people in the building there in Cleveland, something they really worked on and, and he took to and took some pride in this week, really, really getting his footwork back on track. And I, I give him credit for that. He was a problem. He fixed it. Yeah, I give, him a, I give him a lot of credit. I give Freddie Kitchens a lot of credit. I think both of those guys did yep. uh, some self-reflection and they looked at how they played last year, and they went back to what I thought was the bread and butter um, in terms of the game plan that they used previously. Uh, we saw more 12 
personnel sets. Uh, Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham on the field, two tight ends on the field, run heavy looks, did a really good job of making sure that Nick Chubb was involved. And even though Baker threw the ball 30 times, I felt like Baker wasn't necessarily the driving force of the offense. They were using him as a complement to the running game. And when you have Jarvis Landry, you alluded to the number of rack yards, uh, yards after catch that he was able to kind of put together. And you think about Odell Beckham and what Odell Beckham brings. I think that is really the recipe. Uh, If we're going to throw it and get it out, get it out quick and let those guys get yards with their running ability. Both of those guys are explosive punt returners and then run the football and take your shots off play action. If the Cleveland Browns play like that to go with the way their defense is playing, this is the team that many thought would show up from week one. Uh, Maybe they found their recipe and their formula for success. I I love the balance. I loved the fact that they were able to run the ball in the second half. I think uh, Nick Chubb had basically all of his touchdowns in that third quarter, and they made a commitment there, and I think it paid off for Baker. And, um, you know, I I loved how Baker came out after the game and and was asked whether this was a better play-calling game for Freddie Kitchens. He was like, no, this this week his quarterback didn't suck. So play-calling was, you know, it was made to look a little bit better because his quarterback was playing better. So, look, it all fits together in this. No, I think I think it does fit together. Yeah. I think the the synergy between the play caller and the playmaker is what I would call him the quarterback. It has to be, um, it has to be in rhythm. It has to be in sync. And I I just believe yeah. the way that they started the game and the way they continued to play the game. That's how they have to play. They got to run the football because running the ball masks a little bit some of the issues that they have with the O line. They can't be a team that gets into these um, obvious passing situations because right. they're just not as good up front to be able to protect. All right, should I move us on to takeaway number four here? Keep us going. Here we go. The Ron Rivera-led Panthers defense standing tall. Trey Boston playing center field deep. Pressure coming off the edge, Reed. And it's ball out. Ball is loose. Panthers recover at the 33s. That's Reed who's got it. That was that pressure you talked about on the safety blitz, Nick, that came from the open side. And ball comes out and Reed recovers. Ron Rivera, like the Phoenix rising from the ashes of a predicted demise, takes his defense, packs it in his suitcase the last two weeks, and they come out with two wins. A week ago uh, at the Cardinals this week uh, at Houston, 14 sacks and four turnovers in the last two weeks. And this week they do it without Kaylon Short, without Dante Jackson. Uh, James Bradbury, terrific game against DeAndre Hopkins, held him, I believe, right around the 50-yard mark, which is pretty darn impressive. Anytime you hold a passing offense to 128 yards total, (laughs) my goodness, you're doing something right. So no surprise to see that Carolina is the number one pass defense in football right now heading into uh, Monday Night Football tonight. So uh, I've been really impressed. Uh, A week ago, you know, I criticized Dan Quinn and the Falcons and the way that he took over the Falcons defense and they're struggling maybe even more than they did a year ago. Well, Ron Rivera on the flip side takes over the Panthers defense this year and especially these last couple of games has really made it stand up. Yeah, I've been really impressed with how they've been performing. I can't remember the stat that you gave. You said yeah. the last two weeks they have 14, 14 sacks. sacks and four, four turnovers. Yeah. Four turnovers. I mean, that's that's tremendous production. But I think a couple things that have happened that have helped the entire team. And yeah. This isn't a knock on Cam Newton, but what happened when Cam Newton goes out, North Turner has to change the way that he attacks and approaches the offense. So now what you're seeing is Carolina play a little more complimentary football, yeah. more running game, more ball possession. Um, they're, they're, because they're running 
the ball, they're keeping their defense on the sideline. And so the best way to play better defense is to play less defense. And so Kyle Allen being in there has forced them to kind of choke it down in terms of how they're playing. And I think the run-heavy premise with the defense playing the way that it is this is the recipe for the Carolina Panthers. And I think sometimes when you have your franchise quarterback and all the shiny bells and whistles outside, you get away from the recipe that really is the one that is instrumental in them winning games. And look, it, flip it over the other side. One, well, first of all, one thing on the Carolina Panthers, Christian McCaffrey's in the MVP discussion. He's oh, for sure. As well as any player in the NFL. Oh, and by the way, Trey Turner as was out against the Texans. So maybe yeah. your best offensive lineman, yes. you Another still one. get it done on the ground. So go ahead, DJ. Sorry. Another one. But flip it over to the Houston Texans, guys. Deshaun Watson, um, six sacks in this game. And I feel like, you know, last week against the Chargers, he was able to get away with it a little bit in terms of trying to extend plays. He was able to pull out of some tackles, and this time it caught up with him. Uh, there's times where, look, there's, there's, you know, I talk to other people that really, really know this game really well. And you talk about one play. I think I sent it even to Rhett and showed you where they blitz a safety off the edge. It might even have been the call we were listening to yeah. uh, before we started here. They're blitzing safety off the edge. The tight end releases. So to me, if the tight end is going to release, then he's hot. I yeah. mean, and he's he is naked in the flat. And Deshaun never looks over there. Ends up getting hit. Um, ends up leading to the uh, the sack, the forced fumble, the turnover. Um, but there, there's also, okay, the back, uh, some scan protection there. Maybe he thinks the back's going to be able to come over there and pick him up, and he's picked up. But he is reading everything. I'm, I'm all for getting some big plays, but everything is high to low, and he is constantly big play hunting, constantly holding the football, putting that offensive line in a tough spot, and that's where you end up getting six sacks in this ball game. So they've got to do a better job. Either he's got to make a concerted effort to just take some gimmies and take some layups, and they need to do a better job of scheming some of those, baking those into the game plan where he can get the ball out of his hands. It helps him get in a rhythm, and it's going to keep him protected. Uh, he can't get hit this much, and to be honest with you, I think some of it's got to fall on his shoulders as we talked about a couple weeks ago. Yeah, d- disappointing performance from them. I, look, I, I understand that Carolina was playing a lot of quarters coverage and some cover two, and they were intent on taking the deep ball away. Watson saw the, missed a couple of he, shots. He missed a couple, sure. but yeah. he had Watson two wide yeah. open. Watson talked in a post-game presser. He talked about the coverage and why they didn't dial up more shots, and he talked yeah. about them taking it away. But you're right. It's kind of like the Barry Bonds effect. When Barry Bonds uh, had the 73 home run season, like he didn't get uh, many pitches, but when he got those pitches, he knocked him out of the park. For Deshaun Watson, the way this him. offense, they can't miss him because they just don't have enough firepower to consistently yeah. put it up there. He has to be on point when he gets those home run balls. All right, DJ hey, no gets doubt. the five. to see where these two teams go. Yeah, both those teams, two and two, along, along with uh, just about everybody else in this darn league. It's crazy. Uh, <laughs> all right, next one here. Uh, the Detroit Lions. I know they didn't win, guys, but this is, uh, this is a sneaky good team. Matthews got the football back. Blitz comes, floats it into the end zone. It is caught. Did he get both feet down? They say he did. Touchdown, Kenny Galladay. The Lions are back in the lead. Stafford floated it up there, and Big One Nine came down with it. What a drive by that football team. What a catch by Kenny Galladay. And like I say, when you see your quarterback out on the field laying it all out for you, as an officer, you want to lay it all out for him. Look, I, I got to give the Lions some credit here. I know the Chiefs won the football game. We'll get to them here as well. Um, and they continue to keep rolling no matter who's out of the lineup. But I watched this uh, this Lions team on the road against the Cardinals and the way they kind of blew that game, ended up being a tie. Wasn't all that impressed. I go there for the Chargers game, 
And uh, I thought the Chargers, I left the stadium feeling like, ah, oh, the Chargers just kind of gave a game away. You fumble going in, you throw a pick in the end zone, you miss two field goals. Like, just kind of felt like, okay, the Chargers were, yeah, the, the Lions are still, uh, this uh, good win for them, but I don't really read into much. And then they go on the road to beat Philadelphia. And then now you come and play the red-hot Kansas City Chiefs and, and have a lead for the majority of that ball game. So you start adding all this stuff up, and I'm like, you know what? Okay, tip of the cap, uh, Matt Patricia and company, Matt Stafford and company. This team's better than I thought. They've been very competitive this season. I, I think I'd agree with you. I think I kind of left that game thinking like, all right, this if not for the six fumbles in the third quarter of this game, a few of them, I mean, the, the Detroit yeah. Lions were inside the 10-yard line four times in the second half, and they only came away with 10 points. That, that can't happen, yeah. right? Even a couple of field goals in those situations, and you're in this game. You win this game, essentially. So, um, look, I think it was it was it was impressive, but again, it shows you they're just not quite there yet. Whereas the Chiefs, mm-hmm. I I was I was almost just as impressed with the way that they found a way to win this game, despite some of the turnovers that they had as well. Buck, look, I agree with both of you guys on on Detroit. I think what Detroit is beginning to do, Pat Patricia. It's kind of bringing some of that New England sauce to yeah. Detroit, meaning where they're not beating themselves. Now, what happened in this game, they beat themselves because the turnovers, the fumbles, and the like. But they're, they're making it very, very hard for teams to beat them because they're not giving up the big plays. They're doing the little things right that enable you to stay in games. And so that's going to keep them there. But the thing about them, playing the style that they play, they can play a lot of close games. Mm-hmm. They don't have the ability to kind of stretch yeah. away because as they morph into more of a – I won't say a conservative, but kind of like a ball control, possession type physical team. You can't run away from people like you would when they were kind of letting it fly all over the yard. That's the difference. The last thing I'll say on it is Patrick Mahomes' athleticism won the Chiefs this game. Oh, for sure. On third and fourth down conversions. Him scrambling and getting first down. So that's the underrated thing because we still don't view Patrick Mahomes fully as like a dual threat quarterback. We're we're amazed by his talent and what he's able to do, but – his athleticism really a big part of it because one of those things where when in doubt, he can run around. Almost so, like Rodgers in yes, Green Bay a couple of years ago. Absolutely. Yeah. And so I think the thing was at the end of the game, when they're on that game-winning drive, it's a cr- critical third and eight. Yeah, and he scrambled. I think they right. played two-man. And so they, they two-man, they have man underneath, two deep safeties. They're looking to undercut anything from the wide receivers and the routes. It makes it very, very difficult to throw against. He recognizes the man coverage early. Splits the seam right down the middle. Yeah. Easily picks up the first down. Those, Those are the kind of plays that continue to keep him in the MVP discussion. What we got next here? All right, I'll get us. Uh, I'll get us going here. This is. Uh, this was a fun game. Maybe the most fun game to watch. Uh, and it was right here in LA. The Bucks getting a win over the Rams. Those uh, Tampa Bay Bucks look new and improved. Here is the snap. Play action fake dropping. Winston throws a deep ball downfield. Got a receiver open. It is caught on the third. Oh, the 20 to the 15 to the 10. Five. Mike Evans. Touchdown. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Winston goes deep and throws a beautiful rainbow pass. 67 yards in the box. Have scored 40 plus. Yeah, I think this was uh, an emotional win for the Bucs. Their general manager, Jason Light's father, passed away suddenly uh, the day before at the Nebraska game. Uh, they were able to FaceTime with him after the game in the locker room and say this one was for you and your family. I think that was that was a really you know classy move by Bruce Arians and, and that whole team. And, and look, outside of that, the Bucs played really well. I know they gave up a ton of points and a ton of passing yards, yeah. but 
DJ, it almost sounded like that was kind of by design, right? They wanted to limit the run game for sure mm-hmm. and then put the game in Jared Goff's hands and and say, all right, let's 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 take our chances this way. Goff had the four turnovers. I know he threw for over 500 yards, but the three picks and the fumble at the end to, to win it, um, you know, I, look, I, I think it was impressive on, on both sides of the ball for Jameis Winston, again, playing pretty well, and then that Bucks defense stepping up when they had to. I, th- I think this yeah. thing that stood out to me. look at it, guys, yeah. here. Yeah. Go ahead, go ahead, Buck. Oh, the thing that stood out to me, I had a chance to talk to somebody uh, close to Ty Bowles down there, and they, they said they wanted to put the game on Jared Goff's shoulders. Yeah. They made a concerted effort to stop the run. They wanted to make it where they could take the threat of the play action out of the mix and make him throw drop back passes because that's not really the strength of his game. And so that's what they were able to do. And Sean McVay certainly played into that, didn't give Ty Gurley enough opportunities for him to be a legitimate factor. And so the Buccaneers really came after him, loaded up, brought pressure, did some A-gap stuff, A-gap pressures that we've seen the late Jim Johnson and Mike Zimmer and stuff do, messed up their protections, and it really made Jerry Goff uncomfortable. And so you saw him turn the ball over because he just wasn't comfortable in the pocket. One thing, too, off the edge when you look at what they did, and we'll talk about this on the aftermath to show the clips of yeah. it. Uh, they, they were able to really set the edge. And even if you're not setting the edge, like a lot of times we talk about setting the edge, scouting term, where you're locking out your arms on the end man on the line, whether it's a tight end or a tackle, and you're just being firm there and forcing the ball back inside. There's other ways you can do that. If you can't, if you aren't going to just lock him out right there, you can just buzz upfield. And when you buzz upfield, you're going to force that, that running back on any type of outside zone. He's going to have to come underneath you, and he's going to have to change his path, which is going to allow your inside guys, your your interior linemen as well as your linebackers to flow. It's just a much easier angle for them to make plays. And they just refused to let Todd Gurley in this run game get outside. They made him duck underneath. And when he did, the Calvary was there, uh, was waiting. And I think you're going to see that's something teams are going to copy uh, playing against this team. They're just going to take away that outside zone, make you cut back. Um, and because of that play action that Bucky was talking about, a lot of it comes off that outside zone. So uh, interesting uh, defensive game plan. I know others will say, hey, the Rams score 40 points. You know, what more do you want them Through to do? Through for 500. Um, but right? that's yeah. not the way they play. That's not the way they play. Yeah, they don't want to be. Best. they got to be more balanced than that. Yeah, they don't want to be dropping back 73 times like they did in this game. It's no, unbelievable. you're going to get negative plays, and yeah. that's what you happen. Yeah, no question. And again, we got to give some credit to Jameis Winston for the second straight week has really shown some improvement. He was great. Has played really well. And uh, credit to Byron Leftwich and Bruce Arians and, the, and Clyde Christensen and that staff for kind of inspiring that change uh, as well. And, on time yeah. and in rhythm. Yeah, there it is. That was the key for Jameis Winston. When he's on time and in rhythm, he's great. When he sits there and holds the ball, pats the ball, bad things happen. I thought he did a great job of staying in rhythm in this game. I think Buck's got us here, Buck. Oh, you what do you do got this? on the Bears? Okay. The Bears are in good hands with Chase Daniel. Play clock down to 12 for Chase Daniel in for the injured. Mitch Trubisky out of the gun, takes the snap on second and goal to 10. Clean pocket throws, coming clean. Cone five, turns it up, into the end zone, left side. Touchdown. Touchdown, Bears. 10 yards. Chase Daniel to Tariq Cohen for the touchdown and the lead of the Vikings. Look, man, this, this might be unpopular. I'm not going to say that the the Bears are a better team with Chase Daniel than Mitchell Trubisky, but I do believe Matt Nagy will have some comfort in knowing that Chase Daniel is his quarterback going forward. The Chicago Bears only need their quarterback to manage games to win games at a high level. Their defense is lights out. Chuck Pagano's done a really good job of helping this defense go from, I mean, 
very good to great. Yeah. He's done a great job of just kind of like letting this team um, be led by that defense. And so what you need at quarterback is a guy that understands how to play in that style, how to take care of the ball, how to get us in the right place, how to lean on the running game. And every now and then when we got a chance to make a play in the pass game, I can make it. That's who Chase Daniel is. Chase Daniel knows the offense in and out, having been a longtime backup for Manegi. So now it's about just making sure he gets the ball in the right playmaker's hands and allowing them to do their deal. I think he understands that about himself, and I think he continue to do it. Teach, I mean, this is going to be the question all week, right? Are the Bears in a better spot with Chase Daniel? I know. I, I think it's early. I yeah. think it's early to say that. I think sometimes when I look at the Bears – um, I look at a team that can't run the ball, and they didn't run it well in this one either. I mean, right. 2.2 yards a carry. Um, sometimes I, I just think they get a little bit lopsided in, in the way they do things and put too much on the quarterback. Bucky mentioned it. It's like watching Chase Daniel uh, function in this offense is very similar to what you see Teddy Bridgewater functioning in New Orleans. That's a good point. And that's, that's great when your defense can hold somebody to six points. Um, <laughs> I just think Trubisky, even though you have some highs and lows, He's got some upside. There's potential that yeah. you get good, Mitch. If you get good, Mitch, you can win a game that finds its way into the 30s. I don't think with Chase Daniel you're going to win many games that find their way up there. Fortunately, I, their defense doesn't play many of those. God, it just sounds like the Bears need a, need like a, you know, a big physical running back. You know, oh. Jordan, Jordan Howard type? You know oh, I mean? maybe. You know oh. what I mean, DJ? Yeah, yeah, you're yeah, feeling you that, go. right? Yeah, there maybe. you go. Yep. Okay. He looked, All right. he looked great last year in that offense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nobody likes backs that can score touchdowns. Go ahead. <laughs> I mean, you are right, though. Like, yeah. if the Bears are going to play this style, they have to be able to run the ball. They have yeah. to be able to play a little more possession, keep the ball, focus on it, um, allow their defense to be at peak performance, meaning they're nice and fresh and healthy and ready to go. And so this is a team that did it without Roquan Smith and a couple other guys. And so very impressive performance. And when I look at the Minnesota Vikings, on the other hand, man, you talk about having Ooh. a nice – car you're talking about a Rolls royce very expensive but for whatever reason you're not able to drive it they only let you drive it half sunday evening is the only time that you can drive the car they're not letting kirk cousins and stefan diggs and adam thielen they're not letting those guys kind of get out on the freeway they don't get a chance to go on the 405 oh that's a shame man that's a shame um but you know bad man you look at it my question is what don't they have a buck i'll hit you with this offensive line all right so when you look at the improvements they've made on the offensive line. Dalvin Cook being healthy, who coming until this game and play, playing at a high level. You've got yeah. wide receivers. You've got a decent tight end. You've got a play caller, an offense that really uh, is the offense where Kirk Cousins had success in Baltimore. Same exact system. It's baffling, man. It, it, it's, it's unbelievable, man. I, I thought he would have every opportunity to play well, and he just – just hasn't played well. And sometimes it takes a while Not for it happening. to click. Uh, maybe it's still the, the adjusting to the new offense, but at some point, I got to believe if you're a Minnesota Vikings fan, you're a Minnesota Vikings official, you have to look and say, man, we need better at the quarterback position. Yeah, you know who is finding that magic at the quarterback position? Who? Minshew. Oh, man. Come on, Buck. Get, it to, get us to it. The Jags might have found their franchise quarterback. Fournette back in the game. Three receivers set. Shotgun. Pump fake, they throw to the middle of the field. That ball is caught. That ball is caught. Lindsay for the end zone is James O'Shaughnessy. Touchdown. Touchdown. Minshew to O'Shaughnessy, and Jacksonville has taken the lead. How unsure was that about the, the guy about that call right there? He's like, I, it, it's a cat. <laughs> the Jags are going to take the lead. Unbelievable. It's so surprising. <laughs> hey, man, it's, 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 it's time that we have to kind of do a deep dive on Garner Minshew. Garner Minshew has really given this team life. Uh, 
You can see with each week, this team is growing more confident and believing in him as the franchise quarterback. And if he keeps delivering these games, these wins, uh, it's going to be tough for Nick Foles to come and kind of take his job back. Garner Minshew, 7-1, and one, touchdown to interception ratio, four games into the season. You just don't see that. And then higher, highest passing rating and tied for your first in completion percentage by a rookie in the first four games of the Super Bowl <laughs> era. Like, that is crazy. 106.9, then 69.4% completion rate. You just don't see guys come off the collegiate field, step into the pros, and have this kind of success. <laughs> Man, it's fun to watch. You know, I, you know, you know the difference between uh, Gardner Minshew and Baker Mayfield? That's a smile. That's it. That's about it, the only well, yeah, thing one wants to be the hero, one wants to be the villain. One's right? with a scowl, and one, yeah. yeah, one's got a scowl, one's got a smile. But I mean, their games, when you watch them, and people think that, that's crazy. No, no, no. When you watch them and just watch their mannerisms, how they move, uh, they're a little bit frenetic, but they're, they, you can definitely tell they bring energy to their teams. And Baker has a little bit stronger arm, but man, their mannerisms and everything, it looks, they even both wear headbands for crying out yeah. loud. The only difference is that, that Gardner Minch looks like he's actually, you know, smiling and enjoying life. I mean, probably because he's wearing those jorts. Looking like Napoleon Dynamite. Well, yeah. He's kind of doing his thing. Uncle Rico. Baker just... Mayfield wore shorts in his draft picture where he reenacted the Brett Favre Absolutely thing. I'm telling right. you, these guys might be related. They might they be. They might be related. Well, uh, they both planted it. Uh, Mayfield's just upset he can't find what the, the marker of that fuse for the blender inside the stadium. You guys seen that one? That commercial? Uh, no. Yeah, no. That's a, good a really one. good commercial. It's a good one. No, it's not. All right. <laughs> okay. Uh, what else we got here, Buck? The Seahawks flex their muscles. Second down and five. Murray tries to snap a little oh, screen. Yeah. It's intercepted. Cloudy. 20, 15, <laughs> 10, 5. Hello, Mr. Cloudy. Touchdown, Seahawks. Jadevian Clowney stretched out, reached his arm almost to the ceiling here at State Farm Stadium, pulled the ball down on a screen pass, and took it about 30 yards for six. Look, make no mistake about it. When the Seattle Seahawks are playing the right way, they're a team that is led by their defense, their running game, and the playmaking of Russell Wilson. What we saw against the Cardinals, they they played to their strengths. Physical run game. You saw Carson with over 100 yards. Uh, Russell Wilson with 240 passing yards. We saw the defense come up big um, with a big-time play with Jadavian Clowney having the interception return. So this is how they have to play. This is their recipe. They kind of have to outwork you, outwill you, kind of beat you up at the line of scrimmage. They were able to do that, which is why they moved forward with another win. Yeah, I mean, look, it's it's interesting. When you look at that division, guys, sorry about that, Rhett. When no, you look good. at this division, it's going to be fascinating, man. Uh, you look at the way the Niners are playing right now, they're undefeated. They got to buy this week. Look at the Rams who've, you know, high highs and then a real tough loss for them against Tampa. But obviously a team coming off a Super Bowl appearance, you know what you've got there. And the Seattle team, who I think has got a real chance to win this division and make some noise. It To me, it's the best division of football right now. And the only team not holding up their end of the bargain is the team um, that had the number one pick last year in Kyler Murray. And it's way early. And I think Kyler Murray, we, we look, we got a long way to go here. Yeah. But the thought for the first time went through my head, and maybe it's because I was watching Josh Rosen in that Charger game, um, who, you know, but he's going to be successful there. But, Buck, I want to ask you this. Mm-hmm. If you allow your mind to go there for a second, All and right. you look at this Cardinals team not winning any games, do you sit there and go, huh, what if we had Rosen and then we also had Nick Bosa? Mm. who's helping us really, really heat up some quarterbacks here. Because mm. that's what we were saying about that whole deal. It's not just, you know, Rosen versus uh, versus 
Kyler Murray. It's also the opportunity you gave up to, to pick another player, which could have complimented Josh Rosen. Now it's a long way to go. Uh, but right now, I just that was the first time that, okay, we'll see. We'll see when Josh Rosen eventually, he'll probably be on another team next year and hopefully he gets a better opportunity. But that is going to be a discussion people are going to look back on. Yeah, I think it's going to be a discussion. There's two reasons why that discussion is going to come into play. One will be this situation that you talk about with the Arizona Cardinals. Kyler Murray, Josh Rosen, what about if we took the, the packaging, meaning we took Josh Rosen and Nick Boza? Then other teams are going to look at what the Giants have been able to do. Because the Giants went and got Saquon Barkley, and then they have Daniel Jones to go to Young Nucleus. They're building around those players. Maybe they look like they may be a step ahead of the curve when it comes to others uh, in rebuilding. And so you're the Arizona Cardinals. You made a decision. Now you got to figure out how to do it. The issue that I have with the Cardinals, they have to be able to run the ball because they're wasting a talent in David Johnson. They're not, they're not doing that. So what are they going to do? What is the plan? What is the big plan for Steve Kime and those guys? Because – I can't imagine that the seat would be hot for Cliff Kingsbury. Like yeah. they have to kind of ride this out because they're not like they're that. not going to pay that much money right. for coaches sitting on the sideline. Yeah, Buck, Buck, you look at it though. The numbers I tweeted it out, Rhett. Yeah. Eighteen sacks Oof. last year for Kyler Murray in fourteen games at Oklahoma. Eighteen and fourteen games. He's played four NFL games. He's been sacked twenty times. Unbelievable. So we're not at Oklahoma yeah. anymore. It's a different ball game now. He's got to get the ball out of his hand, man. We're not in Oklahoma anymore. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Uh, look, man, I, I think you're right about that. I think I'm interested in the Seahawks uh, as well moving forward. There's there's always a team that kind of exceeds big game on expectations. Thursday. Big game on Thursday against the Rams. Kickoff week five, Thursday night football right here on NFL Network. No question. Um, I think we'll learn a lot more about both of those teams on Thursday night, the Rams and the Seahawks. And then, in turn, this division. And then we see the 49ers against the Steelers or against the uh, Browns on Monday night. So, uh, all right. Should we get to our final yeah, let's do it. Let's get to it. The Saints show off their grit. Prescott under center. Dallas snaps his ball. Handoff goes to Zeke Elliott, who slips through a tackle in the backfield. Demario Davis had him. That's going to be marked right around the first down marker. It will depend on the spot. That spot is short. That ball came out as well. That ball came out. Those referees are certainly past where the down again was, but the, the Saints have the football. Von Bell has the football in his hands. That ball came out. Sheppers calls it. That ball is out. The Saints will take over at their own 43-yard line. You know, when you, you talk about winning games, you talk about finding a way to win. You talk about being able to bounce back from adverse situations. The New Orleans Saints show their resiliency. They show their toughness. They basically show their grit against the Dallas Cowboys. When I watched this game, I felt like the New Orleans Saints outhit the Cowboys. More physical, more pressure, more toughness. And then... The way they played on the offense was about controlling the game and really managing the clock, managing opportunities, limiting the opportunities for the Dallas Cowboys. Because remember, we may say that the Cowboys need to play a certain way to win. It takes a lot of possessions to be able to do that. They didn't have enough possessions because they started cutting the clock down from yeah. the beginning. Uh, smart game plan from the New Orleans Saints gave themselves the best opportunity to win. And they got it done. The thing I'll say about this for the Cowboys side of things is they had back-to-back possessions in the second half where they fumbled the football. Mm. Jason Witten fumbled at midfield. Yep. And then the Ezekiel Elliott fourth and one, which should have been a conversion if he hangs on to the football. Yep. You know, and this could be a different ball game. Uh, and I know they really struggled to run the football. And, uh, DJ, I, I know you're going to get yep. into that on the aftermath a little bit as well, the reason why. 
Yeah, to me, look, there's teams that are built different ways. We always talk about it on here. You know, what's your formula? How, how, how do you get it done? And for the Dallas Cowboys, while some teams might be quarterback driven, some teams might be run game driven, the Dallas Cowboys are offensive line driven. And yes. they just got whooped up front in this game. The New Orleans Saints defensive front dominated them, and it was all the way across. They ran a lot of games inside with their interior, too. Rankins was very disruptive in yes. there. Onyemata. But it was the first time we yeah. saw some rust on Travis Frederick. Yes. Um, the first time he he struggled picking up some twists inside. Marcus Davenport showed up. Cam Jordan, you knew what you were going to get from him. But they dominated one of the best offensive lines in the NFL. Dak Prescott, you know, a lot of people were like, oh, you know, this shows what no, – no, this had nothing to do with Dak Prescott. He didn't fumble the ball. Jason wouldn't yeah. fumble the ball. Dak Prescott was not bad in this football game. Their offensive line got manhandled. They couldn't run the ball. They couldn't protect him. That was end of story. That's it. That, that was this ball game. You tip your cap to the New Orleans Saints in their front. They took over the game. Yeah, they did take over the game. And I think this is one where Kellen Moore needs to go back and kind of do a self-analysis on the way that he called the game. This is a game that kind of got away from what we've heard to be the pillars of the Cowboy run game, being able to dominate it, control it, big offensive line, dominating, uh, owning the weight room with the skill guys, owning the, the, the conditioning the track with, with the other guys. What I saw, I saw the New Orleans Saints execute all of the little mantras that I've heard Sean Pate kind of throw out throughout the offseason. This team played like a desperate team. This team believed that they were tougher, they're more physical, and right. they imposed their will on the Cowboys at the end of the game. And there was nothing else. I, I just don't know, Buck. But, but like, what are the magic play calls? Like, I because I, I heard a lot of people getting on Kellen Moore. I'm like, ah. if you're not blocking anybody, you can't run the ball. What what what, what play calls you when they can play with two high safeties because your front's getting destroyed. There's not a whole lot you can do with the football, man. And no, they're not, there's they, nothing. They tried to run the ball. They couldn't run the ball. Couldn't run the ball. They were, I mean, running up against a brick, a brick wall like it. So they're trying to find a way to, to, make, it, to make it happen. But it's tough. It's, it's tough because like, I feel like both of these teams were as even as they could come. But if you had to ask me, like, if they did a rematch in the playoffs, like, would the outcome change? I don't know. I just feel like New Orleans just has that savvy, that experience. They kind of know how to get it done. And even though they had three guys on the sideline, there's still enough leadership in yeah. that in that room to figure out, to get it right, to get them going where they need to be going. Yeah, and the, the last thing I'll say was uh, I thought it was interesting on the last play. I think we've seen this a few times in the past when teams roll through a Hail Mary and you may rush three, right? You're still dropping all those guys back, but then you send a guy. Yeah. You blitz a, a blitz, <laughs> yeah. blitz a guy from depth. Yeah, it was great. I, I it was mean, great. I think that's awesome. Make the make the throw go quick. Didn't even get. I mean, barely got to the ten yard line on a throw. I think on the hail mary. So look, it's yeah. one of those things that look. It's, it's all By part the of the game, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. You, you want to know who's underrated? I'll tell you who's underrated. Demario Davis. Apple juice. Just oh, had my first juice. apple juice in about ten <laughs> in about uh, ten years. What, by what the are, way, what are you kidding? Uh, underrated fruit drink. Did you have? You have? Yeah, you have, we had some in the fridge have, out there. I was like, I'm animal, gonna go ahead and throw down an apple crackers. juice. It's not bad. Yeah. You have animal crackers there. You like? Yeah, rest little kids. Yeah. I might go throw some animal crackers. <laughs> I might see if they go together. How many uh, grams of sugar? Graham in cracker. That thing. Little cinnamon. Yeah. Oh, he's not paying attention to it. Let's go to the. Let's go to the label. Uh, oh, wow. I probably shouldn't do that. That's nope. 32. That'll baby. And what about it, eight ounces? <laughs> yeah, that's, 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 that's one third, uh, of, your, that's that's one third of your daily, grams of daily allotment. One third of it right there. Ten full ounces there. Oh, ten full that's ounces. Okay, good. good for you. Gosh. 
Well, that was a good run. I'll see you in another 10 years, Apple yeah, Juice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, change. football's back. Watch live local primetime NFL games for free all season long with the Yahoo Sports app or the official app of the NFL on your phone or tablet. Plus, get all your latest breaking news, highlights, and more. Download the NFL app or the Yahoo Sports app in your app store at nfl.com slash mobile today. Certain restrictions and data rates may apply. Well, I hope I don't have a heart attack. Didn't know that uh, <laughs> well, you're gonna be all right. juice was that bad for you're you. Right. It's not all added sugar, which good, is which good is nugget there. A lot, uh, lot of sugar. For it. Hey, and Appreciate just a reminder that. to the folks, Steve, uh, what, you know, depending on when you're consuming this podcast, Podcast, 3 o'clock Eastern time yeah. every Monday for three hours this year. The aftermath on NFL Network. Uh, I'm there with DJ. With Steve Weich is with us. Mike Silver's with us. And uh, we had a lot of fun getting into the tape and the how and the why of everything went down on Sunday. So see you then. That's a fun show, man. Yeah. Uh, Buck, anything you want to add before we jump out of here, Buck? We got. <laughs> no, it's crazy. I can't wait tomorrow to talk about all the college stuff. Oh, all the college yeah. stuff. All there's the some, college stuff. There's some stuff to dig into there for sure. For sure. Oh, yeah. Man, I wish you could have done us a favor and beat Clemson so we could get in the top 25, but you just couldn't quite get it. I don't know how that would have had any impact on you guys getting in the top 25. (laughs) I don't know what the impact. Yeah, because we have a quality win now. All of a sudden, people are like, wait, Carolina isn't a basketball school. Uh, Oh, right. Man, man, man. man, But nope. Nope. Triple option didn't work. I was glad Mac went for it, though, to be be honest. I said it. So I was on the radio. I was saying saying that that's when you go for it. Like, if you have an opportunity to win a game with a three-yard play, like, you take the chance there. Don't go for the overtime. Dang, you just pick a new no, play. Absolutely. We'll talk about that that <laughs> tough loss for Carolina. And we'll talk about uh, maybe the 4 0 App State football team. Or maybe Michael and, uh, Penix. We'll talk some Indiana basketball just to yeah. make Rhett, Rhett, Rhett feel good. Um, <laughs> all right. That's going to do it for us. Thank you guys so much for downloading. Thanks uh, for leaving us those uh, ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts. Again, if you drop a question in there, uh, leave us a nice little review. Drop a question in there. We'll answer it on Thursday's show. We'll do that each and every week. Uh, he's Rhett Lewis. He's Bucky Brooks. I'm Daniel Jeremiah. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Thanks for downloading Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. For more, go to NFL.com slash podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.